in the process of art making, it's an opportunity to understand like, how am I talking to myself? You know, how am I feeling about myself? How can I change the language and everything, you know? And I think, I feel like that is just so much more important for me than just like, I'm going to finish a piece and show it or sell it or whatever. Cause that doesn't, that just puts more pressure. And that's another mark of like achievement. Welcome to the Creative Tax Podcast with Mike Brennan. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, and you can check out some of my work on my website, which is mikebrennan.me. I'd love to extend an opportunity for you to join us in our free Facebook group, which is called Daily Creative Habit. It's for any creative who wants to show up more consistently for their creativity and craft. Go to dailycreativehabit.com and join the group today. Also, I want to let you know about a, for lack of a better word, challenge that is going on right now. Uh, I am hosting over on Instagram, and it is called Creative Mental Health Mondays. I'm simply extending the opportunity to anyone who wants to create anything, really, that is centered around the themes of mental health, so depression, anxiety, burnout, etc., and post that work on Instagram, tag me at Mike Bone and use the hashtag CMHM. And then you will be able to just join in the conversation that we're trying to have over there, bringing awareness about some mental health issues specifically for creatives. Because so many times I've had conversations over the past year with fellow creative people who have said, you know, I've been isolated. I'm experiencing higher anxiety. I'm experiencing a lot of depression and yet I still need to perform creatively. And so living in that tension, I feel even more alone. And when we start to have these conversations and bring some more awareness, people realize, you know what? There are more people experiencing this right now than ever before, I think. And so um, just to make some people feel seen and heard, to facilitate some conversations and hopefully encourage people to take some next steps in the health of their own mental health. So... Head over to Instagram, join in the Creative Mental Health Mondays Challenge, and I look forward to the things that you may create and lend to the conversation. On this episode, I am joined by my friend, Annette Hislop, and Annette is a licensed professional counselor as well as an artist. So we have a great conversation about how to navigate some of the current mental health struggles that people are going through alongside of creating art and how art is used in some of her sessions with her clients, and also just the importance of developing a visual language to talk about how we're feeling and the things we're processing, because sometimes words fail us, or sometimes we don't have access to words. And so using art, using things that we create to be the language of what's happening inside of us. So this is a fascinating conversation. Uh, it's great. I love uh, the things that we touched on in this creative chat, and I know it's going to speak to you. This is a continuation of our uh, creativity and mental health crossroads. And uh, again, just really know that this is going to speak to you, give you some practical things to think about as well. So without further ado, here is my creative chat with Annette Hislop. Well, Annette, welcome to the Creative Chats podcast. Thank you for being here today. 
Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah. Glad so, to be here. you know, we've we've traveled in some similar circles online and um, just love that you are an artist and also uh, a therapist. But, you know, we'll get into a little bit of that. Um, but just, uh, you know, I love it when I can meet people who we we obviously have some shared values and some shared uh, overlap in interests and um, just gives us a lot to talk about. So I'm sure today is going to be some rich conversation. Yeah, I think so, too. I think you and I have we have some um, like mindedness going on. So I think that's why we connect. Um, Susan, me tell you a little bit about myself. Yeah. Why don't you why don't you tell everybody a little bit of who you are, what you do? Okay, so um, I am um, an independently licensed counselor in the state of Maryland and West Virginia. Each state has to be, you know, have to be licensed in each state. Um, and I have my own private practice, which is mostly telehealth, um, mostly serve women going through transition, trauma, anxiety, depression issues. Um, so, you know, I have a faith-based practice that I also incorporate expressive arts therapy um, into the mix with, um, you know, as a modality for like treating mental health symptoms, getting to the core of things, things like that. Um, so yeah, and I, my, my practice is called Rhythms of Grace. So I try to help people to, you know, have a little bit better balance in their life because we're all so busy and, you know, our attention is just so like distracted. We're so distracted by so many different things. And I, one of the things I want to help people do is just, you know, to be more present, be mindful, you know, because that's so good for our mental health. And I think that's where the art piece um, kind of comes in, you know, for, for me as a, as a practitioner to help people just really get centered and, and mindful. Cause when you're doing art, you're in the flow of that. So, yeah. So that's a little bit about what I do in my practice. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And I'm sure we're going to dive a little bit deeper into some yeah. of what that looks like, but um, yeah. I always like to also go back and ask the question of, cause you know, being a creative person yourself, um, when was the first time that you maybe remember thinking to yourself, you know what, I'm a creative person. Like, was there a certain experience uh, as a child or certain practices as a child that you engaged in that you were like, yeah, I'm creative. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I was an only child and, um, you know, just being, being transparent, my mother was very depressed. So I was alone a lot. And I just can remember, um, I was always writing, like I like to write stories and then I would draw pictures with the stories. I was never great at illustrating, but I just remember like, that was my, that was my like safe place to kind of be, you know? Um, and then just as I got you know, order. And, you know, I loved art class. That was my favorite class in school. And, you know, I just really loved that. So I think that's probably kind of where it started. Um, interestingly enough, I found out later, um, as an adult, I did ancestry.com and my, my, um, ancestors come from Denmark and they're actually artists. Hmm. Um, my great grandfather, he, um, helped, he was commissioned to do the William Penn statue in Philly. Oh, wow. And then I have a great uncle who's got three pieces in the archives at the Smithsonian of etchings. Cause I always wondered where that came from that, that need to want to create. And I think it's definitely genetic. So I thought that was a cool component um, that I found out later in life, like where that came from. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. I got to go to the Smithsonian in the archives room and they brought them out. It was a really cool experience. Very cool. Well, I'm not yeah. far from Philly. I'll have to go check that out. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 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 So um, as you as you progressed, and I'm, I'm assuming there was a point at which you said, well, 
the art track as far as a career isn't necessarily where you felt called to go. So like, how did your journey unfold into giving you a trajectory to follow? Well, I am, um, it's interesting. I really did want to be an artist. I really did. And um, I, you know, graduated high school. I didn't really feel called to go to college right away. Um, I started working for a greeting card company uh, at the time it was called Gibson greeting cards, but now it's like American, whatever the name is for it now. Um, I forget, but, um, they actually had a program where you could go to school to, you know, and they would, you know, pay for part of your tuition. And because it was art related in greeting cards, you know, it had to be job related. So it just kind of fit. So the time I lived in Ohio in Cincinnati and there was uh, the Art Institute of Cincinnati, which was a pretty, you know, pretty, you know, private art school, but pretty, you know, well known. And I submitted some things, some sketches. They weren't that great because I'm not a sketcher, I'm not an illustrator, but they accepted it and they accepted me in the program. But then somebody spoke into my life and said, oh, you're never going to make it as artist. It's just too hard to be an artist. And I just totally didn't go. And here I am, you know, 20 something years later. Um, but you know, it's okay because I feel like, you know, God's put me on a trajectory of like, this is, you know, this is where I'm using it now to heal people, you know? Um, so, you know, later I ended up going to school and I got my degree in, in my master's in art and, you know, starting up my master's in counseling. And then I started going back and taking art classes and stuff and it just kind of unfolded, but yeah, that's kind of been the path. Um, so yeah, so you have to watch out for those people that speak yeah. that stuff into your life because it's a, uh, it's a uh, poison. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's sad, but so many people have that same experience of somebody speaking negative into or doubt instead of encouragement and saying, let's figure out a way forward together, you know? Um, yes. And you know, it's, it can totally derail somebody's or demotivate somebody from pursuing something that they're really passionate about. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I try to, you know, with, with, you know, especially when I'm working with women that, you know, they've come out of traumatic relationships or traumatic experiences or loss or whatever. And, you know, building the confidence and saying, you know, if this is something you want, how can I help you? How can I facilitate helping you to get there? Because I guess from my own personal experience, I know how that felt. So I don't want anybody else to feel that way. So I feel like that's kind of part of my calling is to help people really realize their, their purpose, you know? So, yeah. 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 So what was the, the thing that made you come back to your art after being away so long and, and finally saying like, uh, okay, this is something that I do need to embrace for myself. So um, it's interesting. I, so, you know, um, I had gone through some trauma, some traumatic things um, for, I don't know, between, I don't know, 2008 to 2011, there just been a series of events that have happened in my life that were just, you know, pretty traumatic. And um, I remember kind of almost diagnosing myself with PTSD and I sought out a therapist and um, because I'm a therapist, I have very high standards and I just couldn't find anyone that I felt was, you know, a good fit for me. I'm not saying there's not good therapists. It just wasn't a good fit for me. Um, so I just kind of gave up. And then I remember um, there was a, a, an ad for an art class and I went and started taking this, this art class. And I hadn't taken any art classes for years. And so I started taking these art classes again. I went once a week for three hours, every single week. And something just started happening in me. Like something just started to feel calmer. 
Um, I felt like I could express myself and in, in paint that in a way that I couldn't express myself with words. Um, it just, it just, I feel like it just brought me back to myself before the trauma. Like it brought me back to who I was and, you know, it, we don't have enough time to explain how that works in the brain, but now I have a better understanding of it. Um, but that was kind of the catalyst that started me back into pursuing art and everything. So, um, yeah, that was the defining moment, I think. And I've just been doing it ever since just for my own mental health. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing because when you're a creative person that needs to come out in some way, um, and when it doesn't have an avenue to come out, it's, it's like, something inside of you is just screaming to go, come on, like pay attention to me already. Um, <clears throat> you know, yes. even in my own journey, you know, I I've shared this many times, but you know, I took a 10 year break from where I didn't do any art whatsoever. And ultimately that led me to that. And along with some, some other circumstances led me to depression um, yes. and coming back and facing that going, Oh, you know what? Like I really underestimated the role of creativity in my life. Oh my and gosh. The, the ability to show up and just, you know, and and when I was kind of in that place of rock bottom of going like, okay, I'm depressed. I have hardly enough energy to show up and like maybe write something in my journal just to, to yeah. express some emotion or do whatever. Um, and my thought was, how do I come back to my art after being away from, mm. can I come back, right? And so thinking through like, what is one small step? And, you know, it's interesting that you said kind of taking some classes and, and getting, putting yourself in an environment where you can be reintroduced to some things. That was my experience too, where I ended up taking this printmaking class and I hadn't done any printmaking, I think since art school, I had like a silk screening oh. and something like that. And so it was, it was a different type of creativity. So it took mm. some pressure off where I didn't feel like I had to perform <laughs> or whatever. And I just was like, I don't really even know what I'm doing. I'm just going to dive into this just because I know that it's a creative environment and it's going to get me into a process that will maybe yes. unlock something. I love and, that. Uh, and that's what started to happen was, you know, just that paying attention, feeding that little bit. And it was like, okay, now give me more. Now give me more. Let's yes. do something more with this, you know? I so, love that. I like the yeah. word that you used process because, you know, <laughs> you had a podcast on not long ago and I, it was like a, it was another defining moment for me because I was really struggling with, you know, the comparison that we struggle with as artists, yeah. as being an artist. And like, you look on Instagram or, you know, Pinterest or whatever, and like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to measure up. And almost makes you want to shrink back and not even participate in it. You know what I mean? And you had said in the podcast, does your art and your creativity really have to be your job or your, um, you know, your bread and butter, or do you have to really sell stuff to be creative? And that was like, boom, like that just really helped me to be like, I'm missing out on the process of creativity. When I put pressure on myself to have a finished product, that's going to sell, that's going to be whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and that was just so freeing for me. And that's, that's what I want for other people is the process, you know, cause in that process, I bet you, you experienced you know, learning yourself and growing through and, you know, facing the hard things about creating a piece of art and what is, you know, what goes on inside my head. I, you know, um, I always talk to my clients about the inner critic, you know, and I actually have yep. them draw a little picture of like, if your voice that you, the, the way you talk to yourself would look like something, what would it look like? 
And I had this woman last week and she drew a picture of, it looked like one of the clowns from like the horror movies or something. (laughs) She drew this like, and she's like, yeah, this is what he would look like. This is what he talks to me when he talks to me is what he looks like. And I was like, we got to name him, you know, give him a name. And she's like, I'm naming him Fred. And she was like, you know, every time Fred shows up, I'm like, no, Fred, you're not going to talk to me like that. But in the process of art making, it's an opportunity to understand like, how am I talking to myself? You know, how am I feeling about myself? How can I change the language and everything, you know? And I think, I feel like that is just so much more important for me than just like, I'm going to finish a piece and show it or mm-hmm. sell it or whatever. Cause that doesn't, that just puts more pressure. And that's another mark of like achievement. And, you know, you, you get to one achievement then you need another and another, and another to keep feeling fulfilled, but we can feel fulfilled in the moment of that process, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. so often I think we're taught uh, that it's the product that's important, right? If you will, the end product. Um, yes. And it's, you know, having a rendering of something that is is so, you know, beautifully done that it's celebrated. Uh, but it's true. I think that the process a lot of times is is really where the gold is because that's where Typically, if we're going if we're going to have a place where we can explore and play and discover, it's in the process. It's when we let ourselves get lost and when we are able to experience that flow state, right? Mm-hmm. Where we're just like, oh, you know, like two hours just went by. I didn't even realize what was happening. I was just so caught up in the moment of this process of creating. And that's when things start to either come to to the foreground for us to, that we identify and say, oh, this is important. I need to hang on to this. This is something I need to do more of, or this is um, something that is, is I'm going to build on for the, what comes next. Um, But we don't get to that if we don't show up first off. And then if we're so focused on, you know, what I'd say, you know, the masterpiece mentality, right. Of, of thinking we need to sit down do this great work. And then at the end, come out with our masterpiece and say, here it is, everybody, you know, like, and, and put it for sale and do all the things and, and get all the likes on social media, all that. Um, those are the metrics we tend to celebrate, but I think we need to recalibrate the conversation so that it's really more, we're celebrating process and yes. tracking process yes. so that we, we say, oh, you know what? The end result of this maybe wasn't great a great rendering or whatever. But in the process, I discovered so many things about myself or it helped me in something I'm, I'm facing right now. Um, I think that's huge, you know, and I would love to ask you like specifically now with when you're, when you're helping people in terms of bringing art into, you know, your sessions, what does that look like? How, how do you use art to help people? Yeah. So there's, you know, there's a lot of different ways. And the way that I explain to people is, um, you know, we can use art to, as a self-discovery process to, you know, to express feelings. Um, we can also use art as a coping mechanism, you know, for, for, you know, overwhelming emotions, right? So there's different, you know, purposes, but one of the things I, I do just as an example, a lot is um, I do this process called, you know, intuitive painting or painting from your gut or whatever. And um, basically I do a lot of telehealth. So I'll have to like, I email the client ahead of time, say, you know, this is what you need, you know, keeping it simple, doesn't have to be anything expensive. 
um, and reassure them that there's no drawing involved and this is not going to be hanging in the Smithsonian. So we're just going to, like you said, be curious, right? Because people are like, oh my gosh, I can't draw. That's when I hear that constantly. I'm not an artist. So trying to explain to them, this is not about that. This is about you being in the moment, right? So we'll do, you know, I'll have them grab a canvas and some, you know, curly paint or whatever. And I just give them some directives, but not a lot just a little bit to get them started to help them feel confident enough to put color down on the can. Cause sometimes you look at a blank canvas and you know, as being a creative, sometimes looking at that blank canvas is overwhelming for yeah. us. So someone that's not artistic and creative has really hard time with that. So I kind of give them that directive. And then as we go through the process and as they're layering paint and putting paint down, I'm asking them how they're feeling, what kind of thoughts are going on in their head. And most of the time it's like, I don't like it. it. It looks awful. This is, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, how can we change that dialogue? You don't have to like it, but can you accept it? And can we keep moving on? And what are you learn? You know, what are you learning about acceptance in that process? Right. And then usually by the end of the session, they're like, they feel relaxed. They feel, you know, it may not be the masterpiece that they thought in the beginning, but they actually realize, you know, in their brain, this isn't about the finished product. It's about what I'm learning about myself. <clears throat> so that's one example of things I do. Um, I've taught people how to do, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of Zen tangles, mm-hmm. you know, where it's just, it's just mindful doodling. And it's just a way to just kind of keep your brain engaged and keep your, you know, um, keep that mindful state going. Um, I don't really work with kids much anymore, but kids do really great with art therapy because they just don't know how to say, I feel this or I feel that. So you can say, tell me what color it looks like when you feel this way. So they'll get a color out. And then we say, okay, so tell me what that feels like, or what kind of words would you attach to that? So it just opens up a whole, I feel like it opens up a whole nother language, you know, for people. Um, But I do a lot of different things. I do, we do this hands thing where we we draw your hands or trace your hands. And on one hand, we say, you know, okay, what are the things you can in your control? We write all those things on one hand. And the other hand, we say, these are the things, you know, you can't control And the other hand. And then we kind of rip the paper in half and we kind of crumble up the one that you can't control and focus on the one you can control. So it's like a lot of visual stuff to help people remember, you know, how to apply these things when the therapy session is over, you know, also Mm -hmm. they'll have a finished painting or they'll have, you know, a a drawing or something that we did as a reminder of like, what do I need to work on as I continue through my week? You know, Mm -hmm. so those are, those are a few things. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you said it, it, like it gives another language, you know, because we understand that when it comes to music, right. We can hear songs and think, Oh, that song can bring me right back to a certain, you know, experience I had, or, you know, that was the soundtrack for my summer of whatever, or mm-hmm. you know, that makes me think of a certain person, or it makes me feel a certain way when I hear this song. Um, and so we've learned to do that with music so much, but sometimes I think with art, especially visual art, uh, there's a little bit more of a, a, a learning that needs to happen in order for that to be employed that way to say, yeah, you know, like when I'm, when I'm experiencing this art or when I'm creating it, or when I, even when I'm looking at something, here's what is happening inside of me. Here are the thoughts, here are the things that I'm associating yeah. with. Yeah. Um, and yet it can be very powerful, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I am, um, because I can't say I'm an art therapist because you need a whole nother master's degree for that. I'm, I, you know, I'm expressive arts therapist. So sometimes I use even it's called bibliotherapy, which, you know, um, you know, asking someone to, if you could rewrite your story, 
how would you rewrite your story? So there's there's writing involved too and imagination and what could what what are the possibilities or you know, or with kids, it's like if you could be a superhero, tell me what kind of superhero you would be and what kind of powers you would have. And they could either draw it or they could write a story about it or do a comic. I mean, there's just the possibilities are endless, you know, when it comes to creativity and music is another big one, you know, because it elicits so many emotions, like you alluded to, you know just like you hear that song and you're like, oh, I remember that was when I was 18 and you know, whatever. Um, but there, it's just so powerful. There's also people that do drama therapy and that's just a lot of role-playing, um, you know, and, and you know, what, what if scenarios and, and I don't do a whole lot of that, but I do know people that do. And it's, it's pretty powerful, you know? So it's mm. very cool, very cool stuff. It's, it's kind of endless when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Have you um, had, I'm just curious, you know, I'm thinking as an artist myself, have you had circumstances where someone being an artist is actually getting in the way of being able to enter into some of that because they're so focused on being able to, you know, usually do the product, if you will, um, that the process is, is hard for them to actually go, oh, yeah, like this is why I'm doing this. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I was I have a couple examples. I have a, I had I was doing an intuitive painting class one time because I would do these classes where I have women come in and you know, it didn't give a whole lot of detail about what it was going to be. It was just about the process. And this lady comes in and she's like, oh, I'm going to draw, I'm going to paint a dragonfly when I come in today. And I'm like, mm, maybe not, <laughs> maybe not. She was like, you know, she looked at me like, you know, and you can, I can always tell, you know, when, when people have the perfectionist mindset, because they really want to come in and they want to have this idea of what it looks like. Right. And especially artists, I have a, a you know, another client that is very artistically um, talented, but when I get her to just do the intuitive painting and just letting go, it's, you know, it's like, she still gets stuck on like, Oh, but you know, what if I put this here and make it look like this? And I'm like, well, how about we just, we just stay in the curiosity of it, you know? And I've, I've also read, and I've actually seen this for myself that artists that participate in, um, just getting a canvas out and just slapping paint on and just turning music on and having fun and just doing that actually produce better art later because you, you know, you know, as an artist, whenever you try something, you're like, Oh, that worked out pretty cool. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, the Bob Ross happy accident, you know, something you might find out a new technique that you're learning that you never would have thought of because you're so stuck in these confined lines of like, this is what I need to do in this, you know, this art rule kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I love that. And, and you're right. It's, it's, giving yourself freedom to do that. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it makes me think like, okay, so the question I want to ask is for someone who maybe is listening right now and they're thinking like, okay, this sounds really interesting and, and maybe they have access to somebody to, to be able to go, you know, to, to experience something like this. But if not, are there things that people can do as far as a practice on their own that can help with, you know, even just dealing with some of the, their own mental health struggles right now? Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. I am. I was just thinking this morning, I, I, I want to, you know, time is not on my side always, but I would love to do some more lives where I'm teaching just some basic things that people can do. Cause I mean, people are very stressed right now. The yeah. stress levels, anxiety levels, depression levels are really like nothing I've ever seen. I've been doing this for almost 14 years and it's, this has probably been the worst I've ever seen it. Um, but you know, there's all kinds of things. So I don't know, a lot of people are familiar with the adult coloring books, right? You know, getting an adult coloring book and 
you know, something that you're interested in, animals, you know, flowers, whatever, and just taking five or 10 minutes, you know, when you're feeling, you know, up here, stress, like you, when you feel it in your body, just taking 10 minutes to get some colored pencils out or whatever, do an adult coloring book, right? That's, that's one thing you can do just quickly. Um, you know, the other is just grabbing a sketchbook or a watercolor pad. I like watercolor. Um, and I, I think people are intimidated by watercolor because it kind of does its own thing, you know, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the point. And, and I think if you had like a little watercolor sketch pad and just, you know, a little kit that you could just grab for 20 minutes and just, you know, put, don't even have a plan, just kind of put water on the paper, put paint on the paper, see what happens. It just creates a calming, mindful, just centered, centered place, you know, Um, you know, the other thing too, is like, you know, take an art class, maybe, you know, do a paint night or something like that to bring yourself some joy to, you know, um, just to try your hand at it. Cause usually the paint nights or, you know, the paint parties and things like that, they're, they're pretty, you know, you can, they give a lot of good instructions, but that just brings some joy, you know, um, yeah, there's so many things, you know, to do just doodling. Right. I, I tell people all the time, you know, sometimes just doodle and then doodle and then maybe color it in, you know, um, you know, and just kind of see what happens in the process of that. So it doesn't have to necessarily be anything fancy, but all of those things, get us out of the, the worry cycle, right? The, the fear of the future, the fear of uncertainty, because that, that's where anxiety breeds, right? Is in fear, right? But in, in the process of trying to prevent feeling anxious, we already are anxious, right? So the idea of creating just for 10 or 15 minutes or doing something like that is going to get your brain in that flow state that you were talking about where you are just completely focused on that one thing. And it, when it, what it does is you have a sympathetic and a parasympathetic nervous system. And it actually engages the, the parasympathetic nervous system and disengages that sympathetic fight or flight place. Because, I mean, let's face it, we all are like running around in fight or flight these days. And it's so horrible for our bodies, our brains, our mental health, physical health. So just taking 10 or 15 minutes to doodle, watercolor, adult coloring book, whatever is going to get you out of the sympathetic and into the parasympathetic, Mm -hmm. you know, and just be calming for you. Yeah. You know, and I can hear that there's somebody right now who's going in their head, look, that seems silly. Adult coloring book, you know, taking some paint and, you know, swishing it around, like, come on. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes our biggest hurdle can be our own selves in getting through that you know where here's a for instance last week i was having an off day and um just woke up with just some sadness and some just no reason but just like oh this is one of those days where i'm like yeah to fight through and i was trying to sort of give myself space to to process and do what i need to do but then also was trying to get work accomplished and not doing either one really successfully until I finally got to this place where I was like, you know what, I need to just go for a walk today. It's a really nice day out. I need to to give myself the space that I need to process Mm -hmm. and just move my body and get out in nature and breathe and, you know, call a timeout. And what I was fighting inside myself was, well, this isn't productive. Right. Because that's so often the benchmark Mm -hmm. for many of us is, you know, is this leading someplace? Is this going to be something that's going to help us get to the goal? Is this is there value in this process? And I had to say to myself, you know what, actually, 
yes, this is productive because Very. it's helping me show up how I need to be. It's helping me take care of myself. And that is a very important thing because if I don't take care of myself, I can't show up the other times when I am having a really productive day or need to have a really productive day yes. because I won't be the person that I need to be. Yes. You know? Yes. I love everything that you just said. <laughs> and I, I preach it to people because I mean, I live, you know, near the, the DC area and I like people here are just so like, go, 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 go stress, white knuckle all the way down the hall, highway. And, and, you know, it's almost like people feel guilty for like taking a walk, right. Yeah. Or, or taking five minutes to, you know, to, to doodle or something like, well, that's a waste of time. Why would I do that? But is it because if you take 10 minutes a day to get your brain in a flow state and get in a parasympathetic nervous system, just like you did with that walk, you take, take 10 minutes a day to do that. Over time, the neuro pathways in your brain become better. Your mental health becomes better, right? Are you going to have bad days? Absolutely. There's going to be days. I mean, I had one of those the other day. You just described them like that was me the other day, like just like over it, just like no motivation, whatever. And it's just taking that time to just, you know, be in that flow state and just realize that that is productive because, you know, if I mean, you know, you, if you're, if you're not combating stress and anxiety with, you know, being in that calming parasympathetic nervous system state, and you're always in fight or flight, trying to be productive, trying to, I like Brene Brown says, hustling for your worthiness, you know, always hustling for your worthiness. It leads just down a deadly road, you know, stress causes all kinds of physical things in our body, mental problems, there's so many things. Um, so I would, you know, to answer your question, you know, yeah, maybe that 10 minutes, that one day isn't going to be like, boom, your depression is going to be gone. Your anxiety is going to be gone. No, over time, it helps. Over time, you start to recognize the importance of that process. Over yeah. time, you start to want to do that more, right? Over time, you know, and you do have to force yourself in the beginning to kind of do that, even if you don't feel like it. it's like exercise. Like I've been exercising for years. Do I still feel like it? Probably not, you know, but, but it's just gotten to be a habit that I know that makes me feel so much better when I do it, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the thing. And I'm so glad that you said that about, you know, that, that is important. It is important that you do that. Yeah. I'm wondering if there are things that you find yourself needing to say to people on a regular basis um, in terms of encouraging people <laughs> that you meet with and are helping that, you know, it's kind of like themes that rise up uh, again and again. Is there something that, that you feel like is, is that you would love to just even say right now, like, here's what I would love to, to encourage somebody. If they're in that place right now, they're struggling, they're needing some, um, some help in this area. Is there something you would love to just encourage them to do right now? Um, you know, I think the first and foremost thing is to give yourself some grace you know, and, and, you know, recognize that everyone struggles with our head, our mind, right? We all struggle with things. We all, you know, I always say, you know, I feel like I have a mentor uh, who was a counselor actually in Scotland. And he, he has always said, you know, there's been trauma since the garden of Eden, you know, and, and, you know, we've all, we were all experienced or we're all still experiencing that. Right. So we have to give ourselves some grace and realize that life is not going to be perfect, right? Grace, grace, grace. That's just so important, right? And because when we give ourselves the space to have grace, that's why I called my practice rhythms of grace. 
you know, we start to do the things like you're talking about to take care of ourselves. And because, you know, especially with women, women are horrible about like, I've got to do everything for everyone else, people pleasing behavior, codependency. I only feel good if I'm taking care of other people. Right. And it's so hard for me sometimes to get them to like, what about you? Like take care of you, because if you don't take care of you, you can't take care of anyone else. So the grace I think is so important, you know, and I don't mean just from a religious standpoint, I mean, grace, like you don't have to be perfect today, you know, and how that translates into the creativity is like, you could do a painting day. It doesn't have to be perfect. And you just, you can give yourself grace and that, right. You know, so I, I guess that would be, I don't know, the thing that I would, I would encourage people the most is especially nowadays, you know, things are really hard and we've got to be patient with ourselves, patient with others, and, you know, give ourselves a lot of grace, a lot of space and same with other people. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's such an important thing to be talking about today, because like you said before, I mean, this stuff is only continuing to be on the rise. Um, I mean, I look at statistics and we're right now we're in, you know, mental health awareness month and it, it just really, um, it's, it's just heartbreaking, uh, yep. the amount of people who are struggling with things and, mm -hmm the more that we can talk about these things, I think the more help and, and awareness we can bring and the more I think we can help people see they're not alone. You right. Know, really why a lot of the conversations I'm having as of late around mental health and creativity uh, specifically, that's why I want to do that because so often when we're in that place, we can feel like nobody really gets this. Nobody really understands what I'm going through. And then that really compounds the 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 stress and the the anxiety that we feel as it is already um and so to speak into that a little bit and say you know what like i see you i hear you i mean that's that's part of my story too yes um but it helps normalize things a little bit and then hopefully helps give some next steps like in the conversations we're having today is some practical things that people can do to seek help you know absolutely and i i'm glad you said that because um i think one of the things there's still stigma around yeah. mental health and, and it, it, you know, and shame and, you know, whenever we're operating in shame, you know, we're always just, I, I do, I do an art exercise where I have the, you know, you can buy these like blank masks on Amazon, right. They're just white. And I'm like, okay, on the outside of the mask, I want you to draw, or I want you to write words about how you, how you project yourself out to the world, what you want others to see. Right. And, you know, if kids do it or you know, they got glitter and it's all like pretty and shiny. And then I have them flip it over and I'm saying the inside, I want you to tell me how you really feel, what you're really carrying around. Right. And it's such a powerful visual because they're like, wow, I'm like putting on this mask every day, every day. Right. And we need to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like social media drives me crazy because we always see the best of everyone. And everybody's like, why can't you just be positive? And I'm, I'm not forcing, we should be all negative on social media, but at the same time, we have to be careful of like what we're really projecting out in the world because women especially just are just inundated with comparison. They're where the way that they look, how their family should be. I've got mothers who are just distraught all the time because they're like, so-and-so is doing this and, and, you know, they're rocking the mom thing and I'm barely, I'm going to church with spit up on my, you know, and I'm like, that's only the side they're showing you, you know, yeah. you don't know what they're really struggling with behind the scenes. So I, I definitely appreciate the fact that you're bringing this to, to, to the attention of people because you know, we're, we all struggle. That's just part of the human condition. And there's nothing to be ashamed of in that. Um, I've had my own personal struggles. I still have my own struggles and I'm, I'm a licensed therapist. And a lot of people think that, 
we shouldn't have problems, but guess what? We do, you know, we're human. And I think that's what makes us better therapists is because we are human. It's like uh, Henry Nowen talks about the wounded healer, you know, in a lot of ways we can all help each other because we've been wounded in certain ways and that can help us to help other people heal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, man. This has been such a great conversation today. I think so uh, too. I, I, like I knew it was going to be, yeah, <laughs> you know, I loved it. so good. I'm so glad you're doing this. So glad you're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we are at, at our time, uh, but I want to make sure that uh, people know where to find you and follow you and um, how can they, how can they do that? Sure. So um, my website is just AnnetteHyslop.com, A-N-N-E-T-T-E-H-Y-S-L-O-P.com. Um, and that's just my counseling practice website. So there's a lot of information on there. I am adding a new page soon um, about um, expressive arts therapy. So that's coming soon. And then I'm just on, on Facebook as Rhythms of Grace. Um, and then I think I have an Instagram that's Rhythms of Grace Soul Care, but I, you know, I'm not on there very much. But yeah, so there's, you know, contact information on my website um, and all that. So yeah, I'd love to hear from some people and, you know, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. And I totally encourage everyone to follow Annette and make sure that they're keeping up with uh, as she does lives and as she does all the things that she does, um, you know, with giving even practical advice, uh, you know, keep up with that and encourage her in her art as well. So because we all need that. I appreciate that so much. I, and I will do the same for everybody else. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks yeah. again for joining today. Thank you so much, Mike. Bless you. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.